a baby boy was born in Bethlehem. Some saw him as a threat. Some saw as a king. But many didn't even know he was born. And to them, he was just an average Joe. And little did they know, he was the savior of the world. Now on to the intro. school of life he is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain you know it is 100 all right here i am it's me talking about something so welcome to 100 richard um, we're right around the corner from Easter. I hope you guys have a great plan to go to church. Church is a great place to go. And if you don't have a home church, uh, there's a link below. If you don't have a, if you don't have a home church, go check us out. Um, where I go to church, at least it's an option for you. We're available online on YouTube and I know there's a link in there somewhere. So let's get through some business real quick before we get started. If you're watching me on YouTube, make sure to hit the like, the subscribe and ring the bell so that we know. So now we, I already know when the new video's up, but that way you know when the new video's up if you click that subscribe. And the like button is super important, so just like stuff, you know, whenever you feel like liking it. <laughs> and of course, if you didn't know, I'm on audio, so you can check me out at uh, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, Pandora, and pretty much anywhere a podcast is available, I am there. So let's get started. Are you ready? I'm ready. So let's go. Jesus never wavered from the plan and path that was bestowed upon him. He was and is who he said he is. He was born with a purpose. He lived the purpose. He died for the purpose. And he rose again to fulfill the purpose. (laughs) Now, this is interesting because... We know that. If you're a believer, you know that. But if you're a non-believer, if you're somebody that doesn't even know who Jesus is, I'm going to tell you some interesting stuff. Because Jesus was not a person that you would recognize in everyday life as somebody that we would think might be, you know, like a uh, um, celebrity. And you would think that the way he was brought about, that he was brought up, the way you would think that the way he was brought about in the Bible that he was some sort of celebrity person. But I want to show you this. Um, Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah 53, 2 through 3. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Jesus was not, let me repeat this, Jesus was not a person that we would recognize or imagine as we do today a famous person according to his appearance. Here we see that he is no beauty that we should desire him. That's what the Bible tells us. That's uh, that's what Isaiah prophesied. I would put it this way, an average Joe, just a guy, 
Like when you see that scene in the movies, you know those. You know that they always bring in the camera over the crowd that's walking through New York City, and it's just this big old crowd, and then eventually it focuses in on one person that's like weaving through the. But he would just be in that crowd that nobody stands out. He would be in that crowd somewhere, unrecognizable. That's what. That's what. That's what Jesus was. But he was elevated by God because there was a plan and purpose on his life. Though he was an average Joe, he did not do average Joe things. And I think that's important. In Luke 2, we see Jesus when he was like 12 years old during the feast of Passover. That's important to know. His parents took him to Jerusalem according to the custom. And his parents actually left him there. <laughs> and when they so when they left, they actually left Jesus there and didn't know where he was. So they're walking back towards where they live and they go, oh my goodness, Jesus is missing. <laughs> and when they realized he was not with them, they went back to get him. After three days, they found him in the temple listening and asking questions. This is not a normal 12-year-old. <laughs> a normal 12-year-old doesn't want to go to school. A normal 12-year-old doesn't want to pay attention and ask questions. So Jesus was elevated, but yet he was still thought of as just an average Joe by the people around him. And Jesus said to he said to his parents, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And his parents didn't even understand the statement. They're like, what? <laughs> they were like, they were like, well, color me perplexed. Whatever, whatever, kid, let's go. <laughs> Jesus went with them because he honored his father and mother. Listen to last week. <laughs> so Jesus went with them. And then Jesus increased over time. Jesus started to increase in wisdom and stature and in favor of God and men. Um, you can you can look this up. This, I paraphrased all this. It's, it's in Luke chapter 2, 41 through 51. So go go read it on your own to make sure I'm right, okay? <laughs> so later on, so now we're, now we're rolling. Jesus is just this average Joe kid. He gets left in the temple. He's like 12 years old. And now time rolls forward, and he's like hitting his 33rd year. So what happens in between there, we really don't know. But we do know that he was increased in wisdom and in stature. So he started to get to know people. He started to hang around certain people. He started to know who things were, who people were. But the reality is he is just an average Joe doing his regular everyday stuff. So Jesus gets baptized and he goes and gathers some homies and starts his ministry. So in reality, he's going about his father's business like he told his parents. He said, oh, don't you know I'm about my father's business? So we know, believers know, that he's going about what God told him to do because he has that understanding down inside of him. And he starts on the next journey of his purpose. He's introducing himself to the world. He does this by heading out and speaking God's word to the people and teaching his disciples about what is to come. And though all this time he does awesome miracles, like healing the sick and broken, he casts out demons and raises the dead, he baffles the religious leaders of the day, and he actually destroys legalisms as he's going along. He's loved by many, and recognized by many, yet he is still looked upon as just a guy, an average Joe. But he has committed no sin and works great signs and wonders. Because he walked this earth, everything that was to be tempting in this world 
was also placed upon Jesus. So you have to understand this dude's walking around just like everybody else. Only, only the only difference in what he's doing compared to everybody else is he's gathered his friends. He's great. He's gathered up 12 people. They, he calls them disciples. He starts to teach this thing, the word of God. He starts to teach a different thing that something else is coming that we know that, 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 that he's teaching and he's doing great works and he's doing great wonders. And because he walked this earth, you have to know that he's being tempted by all kinds of stuff that's around him because that's what happens on this earth. That's, that's just the way things are. And considering that the devil tempted him before his ministry even started. Now watch this. I want to show you something kind of interesting in this. Because here's this average Joe guy. He gets baptized by John the Baptist. So we talked about that. He went, you know, before he went and got his 12 folks, he gets baptized by John the Baptist. And and God shows up and says, this is my son, right? This is my son. He, 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 he's recognized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. And considering that the devil tempts Jesus from the start of his ministry... After a fast of all things, you got to think, the Bible actually says, and his fast ended and he was hungry. And, and guess what? He, he says that the first thing the devil says is, you know, he, he tempts him with the bread. He's all, let me turn the stone into bread. And then he tests him to jump off the highest points for the angels can catch him so that he could prove who he said he was. And then offered all the kingdoms of the world if he would just worship the devil. And Jesus had an answer for it all. And it all starts out with this word. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And he says, get away from me, Satan. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He was tempted with self. He denied the opportunity to satisfy his hunger even after a fast. And he put spiritual food first. God was special. Jesus was special. He was tempted with misuse of power and proof. That whole thing, don't put God to the test. When he tells him to jump off the, the highest area and watch the angels catch him. So you got to think that throughout all of Jesus' walk, he went through this every time he was asked his identity and authority. Hey, prove who you are. Jesus was tempted with political power during this time frame. But he chose to put God's kingdom first. What an interesting thought, to put God's kingdom first. But you know what, in today's day... The political thing that's out there right now, and, all, and and I don't get really political, so just, you know, I'm not going to go deep into this section right here. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. The government is doing some things. We need to pay attention to that. But we still need to put God's kingdom first because that's what Jesus did right out the gate. The, the devil told him, hey, you can have all of this stuff. You can have all the world. You can have all of this. All you have to do is bow down to me. But he goes, no, my father's kingdom must be first. Hebrews 4.15 says that he never sinned. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our, to, to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. So just as we are tempted, Jesus was tempted, yet he did not sin. That's Hebrews 4.15 if I didn't say it already. Throughout Jesus' walk, he consistently tells the disciples about his future. I think this is funny because you go, you know what? Jesus is tempted. He, he, he goes out and gets his folks. He, he's, he's, so now he's got his 12 disciples, and he actually tells them several, several times, I'm going to go, die. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm, you know, he doesn't exactly say it in that manner, but he tells them several times. He says, he, he says at one time in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he says that a second time in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, 
He says it a third time in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I think he says it four or five times in John, just off the top of my head. But Jesus walks out his purpose. He walks his he walks out his purpose all the way to death on the cross. This man that is considered by many to just be an average Joe, but praised by many followers that even just prior to his going to the cross, he gets on a donkey and heads into town where people are calling him King and Messiah and praising his name. And guess what? This is right around the Passover. The same time frame, 33 some years later than from when he was born. And whatever the time frame is between the time he was 12, because the time he was 12, he was left at the temple. Guess what? During the time of Passover. The Passover is so important. And in a few weeks' time, so right, so so not too long after he he walks into town, so Jesus walks into town and is being praised. People are putting palm leaves on the ground. He's walking in as a donkey. They're they're waving and praising and glorifying his Hosanna in the highest, the whole thing. And just a week, just within a week's time, he's betrayed and sent to jail where he is found innocent, but sent to be crucified anyway. You can look that up in Matthew 27, 11 through 31. So I really just don't want to say what well, the Bible says. So you, you can go look up that verse. If you're really interested in this, go look up, go look up the verse, Matthew 27, 11 through 31. And I suggest to you and read this for yourself because it is what Isaiah was actually talking about in the next verses down from the prophecy about this average Joe. So let's go back to Isaiah 53. This is verses 3 through 8. He's despised and rejected by men. Ha ha! A man of sorrows and, and, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, <coughs> as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We are like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of many people, he was stricken. So you see, Jesus was the plan and the purpose. He was the plan. He was the purpose. He was born the purpose. He lived the purpose. And guess what? He died the purpose. And now we'll see that he fulfilled the purpose. Jesus died on the cross. I'm not going to get all into all the stuff that happened in between. Jesus died on the cross. He was crucified. One of the most torturous ways to die ever invented is crucifixion. And after all the commotion, they took him off the cross and buried this average Joe in the tomb of a rich man that took Jesus' body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in the tomb and rolled a big stone in front of it. If Jesus really was an average Joe, this would be the end of the story. But I do find something interesting. But the chief priest went to Pilate saying that this average Joe, this Jesus guy, mentioned he would rise again after three days. 
So they got a couple of guards to guard the tomb, and they put a seal on the stone. So they actually sealed the stone. They didn't just, so initially, they just rolled the stone in front of it. So now, during this three-day process, from the time that he dies on the cross, this is in Matthew 27, 57 through 66. So from the time that he actually died on the cross, the chief priests are thinking to themselves, well, what if this guy's telling the truth? What if this guy that, that we, that's been walking around doing all this crazy stuff is actually telling the truth? What if it's true? What if he's actually telling the truth? So they go to the pilot and say, hey, go get some guards. Go get some folks. And they put a seal of silicone <laughs> and gorilla glue and cement. Well, I don't know. Whatever they put on it, they sealed the stone shut so they could not get in it. And now it's Sunday morning. There was a violent earthquake. An angel rolls back the stone. His appearance was like lightning. The guards fell like dead men. The angel says, he is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, go and tell his disciples to meet him in Galilee. And I think he said it like that. Now, I know it was it was the Marys that were there when, when the angel was talking. And he says, go. This great thing has happened. This average Joe, this guy Jesus, he, he died on the cross. He shed his blood. He did all the things according to the prophecies. And he is risen. He is up. He's walking around. Isaiah 53, 9 through 12 says, And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich, fulfilling prophecy, at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. And when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. All shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and, and will be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. This average Joe that walked life, honoring his father and obeying his will, fulfilling the word, the promise of a savior, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He rises up from death, becomes the one that everybody is searching for to fulfill their emptiness. This average Joe, Jesus, who was asked, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And he answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 5 through 6. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 3:17 Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this?" And the woman of the well said, "Yes." He is here for us today to show the way. And just think that this average Joe who became sin so that we would have no sin left us to finish the job, to preach the good news of him, Jesus, the gospel, to all the world. Right on, right on.